0: My dear friend, Jenna Viviano, is back on the podcast with us today. Jenna is an amazing career coach and entrepreneur who helps professionals land their dream jobs. She's also an alumni of my online course, Love Your Single Life, and she loves chatting about all things singleness and dating and marriage. A few months ago, Jenna and I were at lunch when we were talking about some of the things she's learned along the way in her journey of singleness and dating, and I love her heart and her perspective so much, I just knew we had to record another episode together. I'm not kidding when I say that this might be one of my favorite Girls Night episodes ever. One of my favorite takeaways from this episode was a story that Jenna shares about a time when she completely broke down at a Thanksgiving breakfast. She was feeling so defeated in her single life, which is an experience I think a lot of us can relate to. But what really amazed me are the words that her friend said to her a few days later that Jenna will never forget. And I believe that so many of us need to hear these words too. Friend, if you are feeling just sick and tired of being single right now, You do not want to miss this conversation. I can't wait to share it with you. But before we dive in, speaking of our single lives, I have some exciting news for y'all. Registration for my online course, Love Your Single Life, officially opened up again today. That's right. You can go and register at loveyoursinglelife.com right now. Guys, I'm so excited about this, and I would love to have you join us. Teaching this course is my favorite part of my job because God has been doing the most incredible things in women's lives through it. I got an email a while back from an amazing woman named Amanda, and this is what she had to say about the course. She said, this course is the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's the reason I picked up and moved to a new city. The reason my relationship with the Lord is what it is today. I promise you it is worth every single penny. Be prepared to have your world rocked. Okay, I love that. Now, guys, if this is your first time hearing about the course, let me catch you up. Love Your Single Life is the only digital course and study for Christian women that teaches a step-by-step system to savor, enjoy, and truly make the most of your single life, all while setting yourself up for amazing relationships and marriage in the future. Here are just a few of the things we talk about in this four-week course. We talk about how to really start enjoying your single life and making the most of every moment. We'll talk about a powerful tool for building confidence, which also happens to be your dating secret sauce. I'll share with you how to find good quality men to date even when it feels like you've run out of options. We'll talk about how to invest in your friendships, your relationship with God, your calling and your passions, and in yourself. We'll talk about what to do with your sex drive while you're single because, unfortunately, it doesn't wait to show up until we're married, right? We'll talk about how to stay close to your girlfriends even when you're in different stages of life, and so much more. Registration for the course only opens up twice a year, so make sure you go and sign up today. You can find out all about the course at loveyoursinglelife.com, and that link will be in our show notes. But one other thing I wanted to say is that I know that some of you may be listening to this episode after the October deadline and that's totally fine. Head to the website anyway, put your name on the waiting list and that way you'll be the very first to know next time the course is opening back up. I can't wait to share this with you. Okay, now with that said, let's jump into my conversation with Jenna. All right, friends. I'm so excited to welcome my sweet friend, Jenna Viviano, back to the show. Jenna, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, you are so welcome. You know I love always coming and hanging out with you. (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh. We were hanging out um, a couple days ago and dreaming together and working on things together. And um, we ended up having such a great conversation about this particular topic that we decided like beyond the shadow of a doubt that we had to have Mm -hmm. you back on the show and soon. And so I'm so excited to get to hear more of your story and more of kind of the personal side of your life, because last time you were on the show, we got to hear a lot of your professional life, which maybe we should have you introduce yourself before we go any further. Tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself.
1: Sure. So my name is Jenna Viviano. I am a career coach and entrepreneur who has worked with close to probably like a thousand people at this point, helping them figure out what they want to do with their lives and then teach them how to get there in their career. So I specialize in mid to senior level professionals. It's super fun. One-on-one coaching. Um, yeah, I love it. And then, so that's what we talked about on the last podcast episode. So it is kind of fun to talk about some more personal personal side of things and coming to work as a whole person. It's super important to me. But if, for my fun fact, so when I used to work at the New York Stock Exchange, I actually got the opportunity to interview Jeff Gordon on the, like the RAS NASCAR driver on, yes. the floor, on the floor. And, um, I remember we got off camera and he turns to me and he goes, he goes, Jenna, he's like, how did you get into this? And I'm like, Jeff Gordon, like the top NASCAR guy is asking me how I like 22 year old Jenna got into this line of work. So it was just a really fun Experience, and he was so kind and really nice, and um I was very flattered that he asked me that question.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so fun that he was so nice and that he was like interested in you back and I' don't, that's that's amazing. If yeah. you have a photo of that, I feel like you should oh post I do it. okay, and we're gonna need it uh, we're yes. gonna need to see it.
1: yes, I'm also like a foot taller than him, <laughs> really? is he short? <laughs> well, I'm also really tall, and I think I was wearing heels that day, and I remember like giving the microphone down to him, and I was like, this is so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> that is like tall girl problems. Janet, how tall, tall are you? I'm about 5'10, but I wear heels. So Okay.
0: Okay. Tall. I'm 5'9 and I wear heels sometimes. But I feel like um one time I got to meet, I I I had some girlfriends that I'd only like Skyped with or talked with on the phone. And the first time that we met in person, they were like, You are so much taller than I thought you were gonna be. <laughs> so I, I I don't know. It's I don't know wh- what height we look like from. I don't know Instagram or whatever, but yeah. Any if anyone else can relate to tall girl problems, mm-hmm. we're here with you. We understand yes. the high water jeans and yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> funny pants that fit things like that. Okay, so Jenna, we're talking. You know, we mentioned that we're going to be talking about some more personal stuff today, and I just have loved getting to see your story unfold over the last. I don't know, like year that we've known each other. Mm -hmm. I just, Mm -hmm. God has been doing the coolest things in your life and I love where you've been and I love uh, how you got to where you are today. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about. So to get everything kind of kicked off, can you give us just a snapshot of what your story has looked like up until now, when it comes to singleness and dating, like, where have you, Mm -hmm. where have you been? And also I know that you mentioned, um, you mentioned to me the other day that dating was really healthy for you. So Mm -hmm. talk about that too. I want to hear about all that.
1: Yeah, so I mean, for me, singleness and dating has always been the biggest struggle for me personally. I, the I have never had a, a Valentine since I was like sixteen years old. <laughs> I know I'm about to be thirty. I it was always the constant like theme in my life. I was always single. I never really had any boys that were really interested, and I was interested back. I was always just struggling being single. So, singleness was a huge, huge like barrier in my brain for all of my twenties, and so. It had taken, you know, I was probably 18. I went to college. No boy's really interested in me in college. I didn't have a boyfriend. Like the singleness train, like I was living in the wilderness. (laughs) I was living in the wilderness of what it felt like to be single. And so it really wasn't until... I had dated, I started to date actually when I was, I had moved to Nashville. So I lived in Manhattan for about five years, really didn't date anybody there. Um, I was struggling with some other personal things. Um, I had an eating disorder at the time. So that kind of took precedence. I was focusing on my career, Um, but all the time I was just so, I hated being single. Like I just hated it. Um, And then when I moved to Nashville, I decided that I it was time. It was time to start dating and I had to figure out a way to start doing that. So after a, a string of really unhealthy relationships... <laughs> Um, I started to kind of date, use dating apps. And for me, it was a super, super healthy experience because I hadn't dated in my early 20s. I really hadn't gone on a lot of dates. I'd focused on my career. And so when I went actually on these different dating apps, it was really healthy for me to start to see like, what did I like? What did I not like? What was my gut telling me? What was Lord telling me during this whole entire process? And being able to start the process of trusting myself and trusting God with my love life. Um, and that probably took about two years until about the end of last year when I had kind of hit a low point. And so if you're listening to this and you've been that girl that seems to be always passed up, (laughs) that was me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had gotten to this point at the end of last year and Um, One of my best friends and two of my best friends actually got engaged within two days, like a couple days of each other. And they were in my, what I call always be single box with me. And they suddenly moved from not being single to very not being single. And I didn't know how to handle that. And I like hit the lowest of low points. And it was at that point that I said to the Lord, okay, God, I think it's time for me to face this fear of singleness head on. And that's kind of right around the time that we really got introduced. Yeah.
0: I wanted to ask you, so when it comes, like going back a little bit, when it comes to to dating apps, I think that they can be really intimidating for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, I think especially if you haven't dated much, like anytime we're stepping into anything new, I feel mm. like we want to do it right. And I don't know, especially if we've had a lot of time to think about it. You know, if you've been prepping for something for a long time or like imagining what something would be like, then when you actually step into it, I mean, it's hard to actually make that step and you really Mm -hmm. want to, I don't know, you have an idea of what it looks like to do it right. And so what was your mindset? Like, how did you actually bite the bullet and, and, and start like getting out there? How did you do that?
1: Yeah. So for me, my professional life, I was really confident. And I knew I was not confident. I was like scared to talk to boys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is so so funny because you're talking to Jeff Gordon on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, like interviewing him. And then you're scared to talk to boys, which is just proof that I don't know, like our lives are so connected in so many different ways, but then they're also like disconnected in some ways. You can be really confident in one area. We all have different areas that are just harder for us. So take it from this incredible woman. Sitting in
1: front of me, and this relationship thing was just so so hard for me, and I just could never. I mean, my girlfriends would try to coach me through it. My, you know, I would go on dates, and it would. I was just. It was just always the the bane of my existence. But when I decided that it was time to start dating, it was kind of an. I used it as like almost like a professional exercise of networking. (laughs) That's really how I thought about it in my brain, and I was like, okay, this is going to be a way that I'm just going to have to force myself. To try and be confident around boys. Like if I screw up, this isn't whatever. It's okay. I won't die. Just like I won't die. If a certain business venture doesn't go well, I had to kind of put it in the frame of reference that I was familiar with, which was my professional life. I was pretty confident there. And so when I started to think about dating like that, it, it, it got to a point where I was just like, okay, I was just gathering information. And I was actually really starting to enjoy the process and really started to like enjoy meeting new people. I was like praying a lot. I was like, Lord, okay, whatever you have for me, I am like, I'm here for it. And I was just really trusting that he was going to kind of bring people in front of me. And so for me, when I actually kind of got over the initial fear of going on dating apps, because I really didn't know how else to meet people, especially being new to a new city. I was like, I'm just going to try and figure this out. Once I got over that initial fear, I actually started to let myself enjoy the process. And that's when things started to get a little bit easier, and I actually could gather information about what dating actually looked like as an adult who had never dated before.
0: (laughs) Yes. I I love that you let it be an experiment. I feel like I've been learning the opposite thing with my work and with my writing that for a failure is really scary. And it feels like if you fail or if someone doesn't like you back, whether that's professionally or personally, it feels like that is just the hammer coming down on your worth. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it was maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago, something like that. I heard someone talk about just the importance of treating, you know, something like new ventures in our lives as an experiment mm. and and kind of throwing our hands up and going, I'm going to give this a try. And if it fails, it fails, but mm-hmm. I'm going to have fun in the trying and I'm going to learn something along the way. And that's mm-hmm. brought me so much peace when it comes to my work life. If I write something that totally flops, well, I, I think that, that mindset helped me understand that I'm not a flop. Like I'm mm-hmm. not a failure. Yes. And so if, if so-and-so doesn't text us back or if we go on a mm-hmm. date and it doesn't go well, or if we you know say something we wish we didn't on a date or something, it's, mm-hmm. it's an experiment. We're learning something along the way.
1: Yeah, I think you make a good point there. Where if I and I want to be clear, like it wasn't all sunshines and daisies. Like there were moments where I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy didn't text me back. I'm so anxious. I wonder what I did wrong. What's wrong with me? Why is no one picking me? Am I too much? Am I not enough? All at the same time, it's like I can't win. What is the deal? You know. So there were moments with that, but just as much as there were moments with that feeling, it was also the moment of like I feel like I'm getting a step closer. I feel like I'm getting a step closer to actually seeing and knowing what I what I want, <laughs> quite frankly, and then also to hold it a little bit looser every single time, which was really freeing for me who had held, um, clenched really, really tightly. My best friend, she said to me when I was talking to her and probably crying over salad um, while I was talking to her on the phone, she lives in Boston. She goes, you know, Jenna, the things in your life that always turned out really good are when you, you went into them with open hands. In this dating thing, in this relationship thing, you've really been going into it with like you're gripping for dear life as if you're on a roller coaster. And when I, when I like acknowledged that that was true, <laughs> I, said, I said, okay. And that's when the dating became fun.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. One, I, I just want to ask one more question on this. Cause I feel like there's someone listening who's thinking, okay, I want to trust God with this. Mm-hmm. I want dating to be fun. You know, you mentioned that like prayer, the the role of Mm -hmm. prayer in it, and that you were asking God to like put people in in front of you. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what that looks like practically, because you're opening up an app and there are countless options, you know, and you are sorting through these options as they sort through you or as they sort through theirs. What is that? Like, who did you say yes to as you're Mm -hmm. going about this prayerfully, as you're also trying to take Mm -hmm. some pressure off of it? Like, talk us through the logistics of what that looked like.
1: Yeah. So I'd say for me is I was pretty good. Once I had started going on a couple of dates, I started to figure out what was most important to me. And so um, when I was praying through it, I knew that there was like a couple of non-starters for me. It was like, As much as this sounds super vain to say, I'm a tall girl. We talked about this. So they kind of had to be a certain height for me. It just, I've tried to date guys younger than or shorter than me, and it just never worked out. I always felt uncomfortable. So for me, that was the number one thing. It just was that. Um, And I wanted to make sure that they said Jesus in the profile or Christian God something in the profile. And it wasn't just like a, like part of, they could pick a religion and they picked that one. Like it, they actually had to have it in their profile because my whole thing was like, my time was valuable. And I did want to make sure I was spending time with people that I, that were moving towards the direction of what I actually wanted to be, who I wanted to be with. And so those kind of were like the strict things, if you will, that I was focused on when I was doing date apps just because you got to weed out some way and you don't want to be spending your whole entire time on your phone. You actually want to be present in life because, Hey, you might meet someone in real life. And so for me that I was really strict about kind of who I initially went on dates with. And then I would, I like, guess the Lord after I went on a date, I said, okay, God, like, should I go on another one? And I would, I would try to really listen. I wasn't always quote unquote, correct. But I would try to listen to like my internal compass and what the Holy Spirit was telling me in terms of like, should I move forward on the next date or not? Um, and so it was kind of just like this volley back and forth of like, I made the initial move. Okay. If this guy wanted to ask me out, we'd go on another date and then we kind of go from there. And I would, I would allow that person to pursue me or not pursue me. And then if it didn't work out, I had to have a conversation with the Lord. I said, okay, well, we might be one step closer.
0: I love that. That's mm-hmm. super helpful. Okay, so you mentioned this earlier that you kind of hit a rock bottom moment last fall. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about this. Something happened at Thanksgiving breakfast. Am I right about that? Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. So my parents were in town. Uh, My grandmother was in town. And, um, my grandmother was actually staying in my apartment and I was making breakfast on Thanksgiving morning before, you know, we were going to have the big feast at a restaurant actually later in the day. And I opened up my phone and my best friend that I lived with in New York city texted me and she texted me a picture of her and her now fiance in a ring. And, um, she had just started dating him probably, Seven months apart, not that long. It, was, it wasn't like it was, they'd been dating for a couple of years. It mm-hmm. was very soon. And I had just gotten ghosted by a guy, actually. <laughs> like a week prior. I mean, it was terrible. I had been a fifth wheel on a trip. I had gotten ghosted and I had decided I was going to be done with dating apps for a little while because I just, for my heart, I needed to take a break and take a step back. And I just, my grandma like looks at me, she goes, honey, what's wrong? And I just started breaking down crying. I'm like, it's never going to happen for me. I don't know what the Lord is doing. This is so frustrating. Why am I the last single girl in the world? Why does no one want to date me? I mean, I went down the rabbit hole that you could possibly go on. And then two days later, the same thing happened with a, with another good, really good friend of mine who was also had been dating around the same amount of time period. And I was like, I'm just, I just, it's just never going to happen for me. It's never going to happen. I guess God just wants me to be single and I'm going to be miserable the rest of my life.
0: (laughs) I feel like everyone's nodding as they're listening to this because they're like, oh my gosh, I've said those words. Like I have for sure said those words, every single one of them. It's yes.
1: It was this really, really awful feeling of like, I do, I want to be happy for my friends too. In that moment, I really wanted to be happy for them. And I was mad at myself because I felt selfish because I was so sad for myself. But the one friend who I'd lived with in New York, she'd called me on the phone after kind of a week or two had passed. And and she said, she goes, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. And she goes, she goes, no, but really, how are you doing? And I said, Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I'm like starting to like, I could feel it coming through, you know, it's just at the top of your, top of your neck. And she goes, you know, Jenna, it's okay. You can be happy for me and be sad for yourself. Both can coexist. And that for me was such a freeing thing for a friend to say, because I was feeling so guilty because I was so mad that it wasn't me. It's
0: (laughs) we, yes. Yes. To all of that. My, um, best friend, Kelsey was the first, like, or one of the first friends of mine to have a baby. And I mean, if you guys have read my book, The Lipstick Gospel, like it's that Kelsey. She's like a huge person in my life. And so I was home for, I don't know what, I was home and I was at her house and she hands me a card and I'm like, okay, what is this? And I open it up and it says, only the best friends get promoted to auntie. Um, Mm -hmm. And there was a picture of, of an ultrasound in there. And I started sobbing. And I mean, I'm laughing, but I'm really crying and I'm happy, but also I was really sad because to me, I mean, I hadn't really had any friends, like none of my friends mm-hmm. had really had kids. Mm-hmm. And in my head, the, having kids meant our friendship was over. Like I just, yeah. I, had, I hadn't experienced my sure. friends going through this big transition and us surviving it in our friendship, which we sure. absolutely have. But um, Kelsey looked at me and, you know, I mean, we're laughing. I'm like, what? Like, uh, Tell me what happened. Well, I, I know it happened, I guess. I didn't ask for that many details. Um, but but she looked at me and she said the exact same thing. She said, Steph, it's yeah. okay if you're crying if part of you is crying because you're sad. Um yeah. and I'm just so glad because uh, your friend's right. Like we're going through our own story. We are living our own story and parts of our story involve a lot of waiting and a lot of sadness in that waiting. And it's made extra hard by watching people around us get the thing that we're waiting for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was just like, I just remember that feeling of feeling like everyone was moving on and I was stuck and I couldn't do anything about it. And I'm a go-getter and I like to make things happen and the make it make things happen career girl. That's what someone has called me before. And I kind of like pride myself on that. Yes. (laughs) And so while my career was going amazing, I was like, I better jam-pack my schedule with a bunch of other things to make my single life worthwhile. (laughs) This kind of was the mantra I was thinking in my brain because it just felt like everyone else was moving on with their lives and I felt stuck. What What I wish I would have done looking back on that was really acknowledge the sadness, which I think is important, but then also recognize what a gift singleness really is. And that sounds like such a cliche thing, but I wish that I really would have entered into that and been like, okay, God, this is the time period you have for me to do all these other things that I probably wouldn't be able to do if I was dating someone. I'm going to enter into that and be really grateful for that moment. Um, and I remember I had a mentor of mine who said to me, um, she told me about the story where, um, her husband had lost her job. And she said, in that moment, we actually thank God that he lost his job. And I was like, that's a mind-blowing thing. Why would you, why would you thank someone for you know thank the Lord for the fact that he lost his job? And she said, then he must have something really great around the corner for me. So in that moment, whenever all that stuff was going on, I was like, All right, I'm gonna thank you, God, that I'm still single, even though that's not the thing I want to be praying for right now. I'm just gonna thank you that I'm still single because you have someone thin around the corner, I think, for me. Ugh. Whether it's in my single life or dating life.
0: Yep. Yep. Oh, a hundred percent. So I know that you you know, as you're processing through this, Mm -hmm. you decided that something needed to change. Um, Talk to us about that. What needed to change? What changes did you make?
1: Mm Because I I think I had such a visceral reaction this time around. Like it had happened before, I'd been really sad that I was single, but I had had such an emotional reaction and I was like really down for a a long time um, that I said, okay, there's something to this where I have this fear of singleness and I need to... Though it's always kind of flirted around and I thought I've dealt with it, I really never dealt with it. I just thought about it like kind of up here in, in the atmosphere, but never really dealt with it face-to-face. And so I decided at the beginning of this year, 2019, that I was going to look at that fear in the face of being single for however long and just really try and work through all the skunk that goes with that, whether it was not feeling worthy enough um, or feeling like I couldn't be loved because of past experiences, whether it was working through those past experiences with men um, that didn't work out in the way that I had thought that they would. And then also just working on myself and figuring out like, why is this so hard for me? And how can I like own the stage that I'm at with the Lord? And so that's what I decided at the beginning of this year I was going to do. So what did you do? Yeah. So I, a couple of things, I, I'm like the queen of like, let me gather all the resources and experts around me. <laughs> I love that. So I started listening to a bunch of podcasts. I, um, started going to a really, really amazing, um, counselor, mentor. Um, I had a lot of conversations with my mentor and then I also, um, actually purchased your course, which is, I purchased that completely on my own. (laughs) So I kind of was doing all these different things, um, at the same time to help kind of figure out like what's going on with this thing that I feel like has like succumbed my entire like brain space that I can't focus on anything else except for the fact that I'm single. So
0: Man. Well, okay. I want to hear more about that in a minute. And I'm so honored to hear you say that truly. I, I just adore you and I look up to you in so many ways. And so it's, I'm so honored to have, I'm so honored that you trusted me with this part of your life and that, um, that we could walk through some of this together. That just, it really means a lot to me.
1: Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say this just so that other people know this, like I purchased that on my own. You did not give that to me. It was like, I wanted to make sure that I invested in it. I believed in what this, what you were, how you talk about single singleness and you've inspired me and helped me through it. And so I was like, well, of course I would want to invest in this course. I think it's really going to help me. And so I'm so grateful that I did. Honestly, it's, it was like one of my best purchases in 2019.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, seriously I, I feel like she's like um reinforcing that like Stephanie did not
1: ask me to say that. I it. really That's didn't to tell you that. <laughs> I
0: really didn't. Um and it's funny cuz I don't even think you might have told me like as you were signing up. You didn't even tell me yeah. you were going to sign up. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Mm-mm. Which so yeah, I'm gosh, I'm honored and humbled and blushing and all the things. <laughs> Um, So I want to talk about that more in a little, I want to hear a little bit more about it, but um, one thing I know that you did in this process and you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but I want to hear more about it. You did say that you got off dating apps for a while. Um, And one thing that I love that you said, we were talking about this the other day, you said some people need to take a step forward when it comes to dating and some people need to take a step back. Can you talk about this? Like Mm -hmm. talk about the two different things and how you knew that, yeah, that it was time that you needed to take a step back.
1: So the reason why I think a couple of years ago, I needed to take a step forward because I hadn't gone on any dates and I was kind of too scared to. And I was like, oh, that dating app thing. I don't want to do that. No way would I ever do that. That's so weird. And then I was like, well, I'm not meeting people any other way. (laughs) So to just get my like at bats up and to like force myself into a new and uncomfortable situation for me at the time, a couple of years ago was to start going on dates. And so I was on the dating apps, the whole thing. Was on those for about almost two years. and, And then it came to a point around August of last year where I had gone on a weird date and I was just kind of talking to the Lord about it. And, and that moment, because I am such a type A person and I was like A, B testing different methodologies about yes. how I went about this whole dating process, which is, highly comical. I realized that for me, the best thing in that moment is I needed to take a step back. And I needed to actually, if I was saying that I trusted God, that I actually needed to trust him in that moment, that wasn't mean to say that I was going to be passive. So just because you get off a dating app doesn't mean you're being passive. It just means that you're going to be looking in different ways and being open in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I decided for myself in that moment was it was time to close down the dating apps. It had served its purpose. I had gotten my confidence. I felt like back up, but I needed to take a step back and actually really trust that God was going to bring someone into my life in a, in a more not quote unquote natural way. But I was always still looking. I was in the sense of like, I was making myself available is what I was doing at all times. So it wasn't like I was completely passive. I just wasn't being full steam ahead, active on a dating app. I took a step back from it.
0: Yeah. Um, I really love that. You just said, you know, that you were making yourself available. I had this revelation. I honestly was probably like brushing my teeth or in the shower mm-hmm. or something a couple of days ago. And I was thinking about, you know, just all the conversations that I get to have with women who are navigating being dated, being single and dating. And I think that, you know, when it comes to pursuit and when it comes to putting ourselves out there, we have all kinds of ideas of what that's supposed to look like. Sure. And as I was remembering back, I, I just, I've always known this, but it just kind of became super clear in my head. I was always putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were, there were a couple seasons where I really did take a step back knowing mm-hmm. that, listen, this time is just for me. I need to not, I really need to like put on some blinders because right now is a moment for me to be with me and with God, not for me to be with anybody else. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I really was making myself available. I was really putting myself out there. And, um, when I met Carl, like w- you know, when I tell our story, like, you know, one, it's like, Whenever, man, I could talk about this forever. When people talk about not wanting to be on dating apps, I think, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot is it's not a romantic story. Mm. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but my girlfriend Carly and I had a conversation about that. And we both realized really, the moment you meet someone is never romantic, unless, <laughs> unless you're the one person where it's like, it's raining and there's only one umbrella or something. You yes, know what I mean? Like yes. there, I guess there are very few stories, but I mean, I walked into work and met Carl at work. So anyway, right. a, a dating app is not a less romantic story than just walking into the office one day. Mm-hmm. But the reason I say that is because it sounds like meeting Carl just happened to me. And in some ways it did. God had so much to do with us being in the right place at the right time. But also I was Flirting, and I was mm-hmm. available, and I was yeah. dressing my best, and I was putting out yeah. the vibes, and I, I mean, I was doing all of those things, and I really always was. Yeah. I think that a lot of times, in an effort to be pursued, we want to be pursued, and that's a big part of it. But we think that we can't put out the vibes at all because that means we're not letting ourselves be pursued. But I think really what we're doing is we're hoping lightning's going to strike us, but we're sitting mm. inside. Mm-hmm. Like if, if lightning's going to strike we need to be at least outside yeah. if we're going to you know i know that in two years on dating apps you probably have you probably had some great first dates and mm-hmm. some like epic failure first dates yeah and the thing i was thinking as you were talking was like you win some you lose some in situation like when when it comes to dating but we have to be willing to lose some if we're ever going to win some and, yeah. and so I just, I don't know, those are just a couple of things that popped in my head as you we were talking.
1: So my girlfriend actually says kind of the opposite. She goes, you win some, you lose most. And that's a kind of like a joke. Like she goes, oh, you win some, you lose most. But I actually think that's really helpful in dating because you are supposed to w- lose most. Yes. <laughs> and so I went on, honestly, I went on some really lovely dates with some wonderful Christian men that were not for me. And that was okay. And so I think part of it was like getting over the fear of it not being okay. Right. Like, cause I was worried like, well, if he's a Christian and I'm a Christian and he's tall enough, like, okay, well, <laughs> why is this not working? Like, I don't understand why there's no, It must not be a like, I'm, a, there must be something wrong with me. Maybe there's something wrong with me. And at the end of the day, it's not, he was just not the right person for him or I, like we just weren't matched. And that was okay. Yep.
0: I love that. I love that so much. You win some, you lose most. Well, we talk yeah. about that in love your single life that like yes. best case scenario, you're going to have a horrible batting average. Like <laughs> you're going to get up and you're going to try. And you, you are, the, the goal is that we like hit one out of the park one time. and yes. um, yep. we want one relationship to work out. The rest are supposed to fail. And so, but yeah, if we don't ever get to win one, if we're not
1: trying if we're not trying, if we're not trying. And it's kind of funny. I was, I have met up with a couple of girlfriends as I was taking your love, your single life course. And I was like, one, y'all need to take this course Two, I said, y'all need to get out of your apartment and quit talking about how you're tired of being single because how many boys have you met this week? Uh, well, I don't know. I went to the same o-. Okay, exactly. So we need to go out and just like be be available, available to talk to a guy. <laughs> like yes. It's just a very simple thing. Go up to a guy. It actually helped me in my professional life too, which is kind of a side tangent. But the fact that I became more comfortable to talk to boys I thought were really cute actually made me feel more comfortable just to talk to people and randomly in, and in general, which actually opened up opportunities for me to have business opportunities. So it's kind of like if you look at it from a perspective of they're just people, men are just people. And so you may be best friends with this next person, or you might not be best friends with this next person. The key is that they're a human. They're not some like Greek God that you can put up on this pedestal and can tell you, you know, exactly if you're going to be, have value or not have value. So yes, that was helpful for me.
0: Yes. I love that so much. I I think it like, it really does get better with practice. Like mm-hmm. it just gets better with practice. And the thing that's so cool is that when we are putting ourselves out there, and and getting up out of our apartments and meeting humans, we have the opportunity to have so many wonderful things happen. Um, You can, yeah, meet a new work, like, you know, network with someone from work or someone who you potentially could work with. Like you could meet someone who gives you your dream job or your new best friend or your new best friend who introduces you to your husband or a new friend who connects you to someone else who ends up being your best friend or your husband. You know, it's just the connections that can be made when we're out there just making a bunch of connections. Mm -hmm. It's just when we're out there, we have so many more opportunities to make great connections, but we have to start making
1: some first. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends that'll ask me, they'll say, how do you, how do you make friends? So, or how do you have so many friends? You just moved to the city, you know, two years ago or whatever. And I think this is, it's very much when I was trying to go in the dating apps and just trying to be more open. I said, I'm okay with being rejected, whether it's with friends or with boys at the time, I was just okay with being rejected because I knew that like the Lord was going to open the right doors and keep those doors open if they were supposed to be open and then shut them if they were supposed to be closed. And Um, I just truly had to sink into that and believe that. And so once I did that, it also A lot of things happen through that, not just dating.
0: Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Use as directed. Clareton, thank you so much for sponsoring our Girls' Night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book. And while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's hel slash friendship. Can you imagine what we could do if we weren't afraid of being rejected? Like how many, so many op- like, how many chances <laughs> we would take? I actually did something, um, I think it was last spring. I had a season where I just decided, to, like, I've had times in life where I've had to really learn to say no to a lot of things. Mm, yeah. But this was a time in life where I was like, I'm just gonna say yes to a whole bunch of things. And I think I like reached out to people that I had never met before who probably weren't gonna write me back and just, you know, try to connect. And a lot of them connected with me. I like, Mm -hmm. you know, asked people, I I mean, it was everything from, you know, is there an upgrade on this flight to, Mm -hmm. uh, is there a reservation at this restaurant that there's of course not a reservation at, but actually there was someone last minute canceled Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. to this person, do you want to get coffee? Surely they're going to say no, but they say yes. And uh, just like, if we, I don't, I think I heard a guy speak one time who made it his mission to get rejected like a hundred times or something like Mm -hmm. that. And in the process, Mm -hmm. the coolest things happened because so many of the things he asked for actually turned out to be yeses instead of no's. And really the world doesn't crash down when we get rejected.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. We move on. We move on to the next thing. (laughs) Yep. hundred (laughs) percent.
0: So I know that you said that so much happened in your life during that season, but tell us some of the things that happened or changed some of the things you learned or some of the ways that you grew as you were kind of taking this time to be set apart and to Hmm. heal some things and grow in some ways. Like what happened during that time?
1: I think the world got really quiet. And I was really ready to have the conversation with God about past relationships that didn't, that kind of blew up in my face and ask questions about that very specifically. And then also to pray for the future. And so I needed to heal the past. I needed to address what was happening in the present and then pray for the future. Those were the three things that I feel like I really, really paid attention to during that season. And I feel like the Lord and I got super close it was like this, I feel like, I felt like I had, and this was really a huge, huge testament to the woman that I was seeing from a, from a counselor standpoint. She was amazing at facilitating that. She wasn't really like traditional counseling. It was more we would just pray the entire time, which was amazing. It was like the best experience ever. And I feel like my prayer life exponentially increased because that was the only thing I knew what to do. Like all of, you know, going on a zillion dates didn't help. You know, doing all the extracurriculars didn't help. So I needed to figure out, the Lord and I needed to have lots of conversations about, do you want singleness for me? If you do, just let me know. Just let me know so I can live my life. And and it was to be like, is, are my requests that I'm looking for? Are they ridiculous, right? What do you think about me, Lord? It, other questions I was having was like, okay, things that didn't work in the past, where was my responsibility in that? And then what, what, what was wrong about what was happening to me? Was I actually deserving of that? Because it felt like I was, but maybe I really wasn't. And so I think it was really just facing the fears of like, I kind of swept those thoughts under the rug because I didn't want to deal with them. And so in this season, the beginning of this year, I really just started to like, okay, we're going to go after this we're going to go after this and get these questions answered. So that prayer life went up was the biggest thing. I love that. I love that. And then I would say the the biggest thing when actually when going through your course was I really got to, you had, you had a really great module in there that I actually hated. (laughs) (laughs) I hated, but I knew it was good for me, but it was like to address, like, if you do have singleness for me, Lord. And it was to really have the way that you brought that question up, how you explained it. It was comforting and yet scary at the same time. And for a couple of days, I wasn't ready to ask that question. But I felt like when I did answer the qu I did ask the question to the Lord and journaled about it and spent a lot of time thinking about it, I started to really believe what I had believed since I was a little girl about what my future could potentially hold and actually entering into that and declaring that to be hopefully true. And so for me, I felt like the course especially just really helped me walk through a lot of the questions I knew I had bouncing somewhere, but I wasn't really clear on what they were. And I didn't really know how to process through them on my own. And so for me, having that kind of clear outline of going from step to step to step to step um, helped me to start to really realize that my single life was actually really awesome. I had a really cool life. <laughs> my life was really great, and that I could trust God with my love life and that whether I was going to be single for the rest of my life, I was going to have a really cool life. And then if I was supposed to get married and have babies, which I felt like I was, you know, I was this song desire in my heart since I was a little girl, that that would happen in the time that he wanted it to happen. And I just had to sink into that. Yeah. and so I was able to start dreaming again about what that area of my life would look like versus squashing it. And so that, to me was a huge, huge, huge gift.
0: Oh man, I, I love that. I, you know, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago and um, you said something that just really stuck out to me. You said, um, when you think or when you bring things to light, then you find peace. Yeah. And sometimes I think that we need space and sometimes we need help carving out the space yeah. to bring things to light, or we need like a safe place in which we can bring things to light. And then we get to feel God's peace in it because he can actually mm-hmm. talk to us about it. And I know for me, some of the hardest things that I've gone through are some of the things that I've been most afraid of. I don't even, I don't want to pray about them. I don't even want to think about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it's like, if I can keep them shoved deep in a drawer, you know, in the back of a closet, then maybe they won't happen. But I think, you know, the reason that I like, uh, the reason I, I knew we had to talk about that in the course was because when I have brought things out of that drawer and out of that mm-hmm. closet and talk to mm-hmm. God about them, then I actually get to live a life that's not squashed by that fear.
1: Because even mm-hmm. though it's hidden, it's still affecting us. Um, yeah. And it taught me, I think, to, to go where the pieces. is. And so in all areas of my life to go like where I felt like really praying about stuff and saying like, okay, God, I've had some big decisions, like for instance, in my business and you and I have talked about that. And I have really had to lean on that same principle that I learned when going through this from the single love your single life course was that same principle of just thinking, okay, where's the piece currently going and how can I, I need to enter into more of that. And that's the direction I need to move into. And so though it was scary, like if you, you know, go backwards when I decided I was going to get off dating apps, even though I really wanted to date. But the peace was in getting off of it, not because I was copying out or anything like that. It was just where the peace was at the moment, though it didn't make logical sense. It was the right move for me at the time. And I was obedient to that. So
0: I love that. And I, I'm glad that you said the thing about not copping out, because I think sometimes we think that peace is the opposite of fear, which I know yeah. we sort of just said, mm-hmm. like what we just said makes it sound like it is. But a lot of the things that I know God has wanted me to do in life have terrified me, mm-hmm. like just scared mm-hmm. me half to death. And so I think sometimes I can trick myself into thinking, well, the peace is over here. The peace is in my house, safe and warm, <laughs> not out, <laughs> outside of my comfort zone at all. That's where the peace is. And I think that we have to be really careful to pay attention to, is this actually where God is leading? Like, is this where his peace is or is this just yeah. like not scary? Because mm-hmm. those two things are different. And I, or the fact that you said um, that it didn't make sense. I think it sometimes, make sense. sometimes the peace doesn't make sense. And I think sometimes that's how we know it's from god. Is when yeah, we're like, exactly. it did I not did.
1: make logical sense, but I yeah. was like, that's where the pieces, I'm going where that is. Let's see where God takes me. I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. So you, you know, speaking of where God has taken you, you have a new development in your love life as of like pretty recently. Can
1: you yeah. tell us about it? Sure, I'd be happy to. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I I'm dating somebody, and uh, we met about three months ago. And it was actually because I was being open at the time, and God and I had been having a lot of conversations about stuff. I'd actually gone on a date um, with a gentleman, and it honestly was a really terrible date. It was pretty much as awful as one could get. It was really, really bad. And the next morning I had been going to a, um, I'd been involved in a faith and word cohort that I'd been doing since August of last year. So I'd been in this group with the same group of people for like nine months or whatever. And, um, so after this date, I had to go to that class in the morning and I had to actually that morning, give a presentation on my whole life story, which like no, no pressure. Right. Um, and it was a slideshow and I had decided like the guy and I were just not going to work out. So I was like really just feeling terrible. And I had forgotten that the last slide in my PowerPoint presentation was kind of a joke. And I had written on the slide, I'm now taking applications for the future, Mr. Jenna Viviano. Like that was my like joke. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, why did I say that? I'm like, don't want to be dating anymore because this date last night was terrible. Uh, and um, You're like uh, in a
0: situation where all of a sudden nothing's funny. You're like today, yeah, nothing was, is funny. Yeah, not funny. This was not funny, funny, funny yesterday. Like,
1: yeah, I'm taking applications now. So if you have anybody, I, you know, sure. That was me putting myself out there, literally putting myself out there. Yep. And um a guy in my class again who had been in this class with me for a really long time, he said, "Well, he came up to me afterwards he's like, are you being serious about being set up?" And I was like, "Ugh." I mean whatever, fine. You can set me up if you want to. What's his details? <laughs> and so he kind of kind of walked me through, you know, a little bit about him and I honestly didn't think anything of it. I didn't I didn't really think he was going to call me or anything like that and then fast forward a week later, he ends up being from my hometown, which is crazy, crazy, crazy. Here, um, so in Nashville. Call- you both live in Nashville. We both live in Nashville, now, but he's from Pittsburgh, which is where I'm from. And I, when I found that out, I almost didn't go out with him because <laughs> I was like, oh no, a hometown boy. And then uh yeah, so so he called me on the phone. And I actually thought he was a spammer because he had the same area code as me. And so I was like, hello, this is Jenna. <laughs> 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 and and he and he ends, he's like, uh, hi, uh, this is Zach's friend. Uh well, would you be interested in going out to coffee? <laughs> Like, and so uh, yeah. sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. I'm like thinking you're a spam caller. You're not. Um, and so we went on a date and it's been like three months, which is crazy, 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 crazy. That's my, he's my first adult boyfriend, <laughs> only adult, only adult boyfriend. So I love that so much. I, mm-hmm.
0: I, one of the things that I love the most is that, you know, as we've been talking about him and as I've been getting to hear about him, <laughs> you've been telling me that in a lot of ways, this relationship's different. And That a lot of the ways that, like, you've approached this relationship are different because of this kind of step back you took earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, I feel like for me, in years past and looking at past relationships, I was really looking to the other person to complete me in some way, shape, or form to validate me, to make me feel like I'm not too much and make me feel like I'm not enough. And just to kind of be too much. And so in this, in this instance, though, it's been the best way to describe it is it's just healthy. It's just like, it's healthy. It's not like it. And I was trying to figure it out early on. I was like, why is this so different? And he respected me he was honest, he was truthful. He was the the things that I was asking, not like crazy things I was asking the Lord for, but just like very fundamental things of how I was expecting to be treated. But I didn't believe I could, it could actually happen for me. And so, and I entered myself in past experiences into really unhealthy relationships because of all those other insecurities that I have. And so I think because I was working through those insecurities and had worked through a lot of them already prior to like me starting the, um, the focus on it in 2019, it helped me not suffocate the relationship and suffocate him. And so I feel like for me, I was actually able to enjoy him and really evaluate and say like, okay, God, like this is fun. Like I'm going to keep my one girlfriend always said to me, like, do you want to go out on another date with him? That's all you need to know. And so I just kept on wanting to go out on more dates with him and getting to know him more because he, his character preceded him, his, his words and his actions preceded his words. And what I mean by that is I think there were a lot of people in my past who spoke a good game, if you will, girls, you probably know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. They spoke a good game, but they didn't have any, any actions to showcase that where he was kind of, I don't want to say the opposite completely, but his actions preceded. He just was so good at pursuing me. And so it was, it's been one of the best things, experiences of my life. And it was 100% worth the wait. He's probably listening in the next room giggling (laughs) to himself.
0: (laughs) Oh man, I'm just like beaming over here. I love this so much for you. (laughs) So from the vantage point of this relationship, if you could go back and tell yourself something even three months ago or six months ago or a couple years ago, like what would you go back and tell your single self if you could? I
1: would say, chill out. <laughs> I would say, enjoy yourself and just trust in God's timing. He did not come a minute too early or a minute too late. And the other thing is, is he has not completed my life. He has sweetened everything that I've already been doing. Like he has makes it infinitely better, but because I had cultivated this life that I've really been enjoying. And I think he would say the exact same thing is like, he was really enjoying his life. (laughs) And then I came along and it was like, oh wow, this makes it even sweeter. And I think before what I had looked at relationships is kind of like the end all be all of like, you can't achieve happiness without having a significant other. And while I love having him, I would not go back. I wish that I would have recognized that when I was single and noticed that instead of focusing so much on this future-oriented thing that I didn't know when it was going to happen for me. And I I just wish I would have probably thought about that a little bit more and just enjoyed myself, enjoyed my single life, because it does change whenever you start dating somebody. Priorities shift around. Things start to change. And in a good way, it's not in a bad way. It's just different. And so... Yeah. I think that's th- that's been a big learning curve for me. I've just been like, Jenna Marie, you were just not enjoying your single life and you should have. <laughs> I wish I found your course like two years <laughs> ago. Uh um- Because I think, I think the idea of like, if you know that your person's coming in five years, seven years from now, how would you live your life? Like, if you just, just act like as if you know it's going to happen, how would you live your life? And I wish I lived more of my single life like that. I think I did the past two years, but I think I wish I would have lived way more of my single life like that. I
0: love that. I love that. And it's, it's not that you're, you know, banking on, I don't know. It's like, you're just, I think that that's how we would live if we were really trusting God. Like if we trusted that he had best case scenario in mind and and in store for us, and we imagine mm-hmm. what that best case scenario looks like. And it probably won't be exactly what we imagined. It's always better, you know. Like we can't. Mm-hmm. There are things God doesn't knows that we don't know yet. But imagining like yeah. best case scenario in our minds. Okay, if we know that's coming, how do we live today? And and I it's yeah. so you know the reason that this course is so important to me um, is because. You know, I, I talk to a lot of women who are also married and either newly married or have been married for a while. And there are all kinds of different marriage stories that I get to hear. But my least favorite one is the one where people are disappointed by marriage. Mm. And, and I think that that happens. I mean, it can happen for a lot of different reasons. But the two primary ones I see is, one, marriage is disappointing when, or extra frustrating or extra hard, the more junk you bring into it. And we mm-hmm. always have junk, mm-hmm. like we always have junk, but I finally, and I didn't do this for a while, but in my single life, I finally started working through some of my junk and I can see yeah. fruit in mine and Carl's marriage today from, from that investment. I can see things that I know would be really, really different in our marriage if I hadn't worked on those things when, when, like back when I was single. Um, and the other thing is just the thing that you said about not making the person your end-all be-all, I think that's the other reason that marriage can be really disappointing. And also we Mm -hmm. can kind of suffocate our marriages when we think that we're not going to invest in our lives at all. We're not going to really start enjoying them until we meet our person. Then we're looking Mm -hmm. for that person to be all of our joy and all of our fulfillment and all of our everything. And a human cannot do that for us. So the thing, Mm -hmm. I just love Mm -hmm. how you said it, that he makes everything that was already in your life even sweeter it's like mm-hmm. he's the icing on top. He's not the cake.
1: Oh, 100%. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And like the cake stand is the Lord. Yes. Like, you got to get to the cake stand yes. first. Then you got to build the cake on top of it. Like all of the different things in your life, throw in those eggs, throw in those fun things that you're going to be doing. And then he came along. He's the icing on the cake. He's just so great. And I couldn't be so grateful for him. And also I'm grateful for my single life. Mm,
0: I love that so much. Both and both
1: and can be both true.
0: And, um, and I think mm-hmm. that we really, you know, and this was so important to me to weave this into the course. This is, I feel like kind of confusing sometimes when women are coming in, they're going, okay, so my, I'm, you know, we talk about dating in this course, but also I'm supposed to be making the most of my single life. How do those things go hand in hand? But they really do yeah. when we're really yeah. investing in our lives today, that's the very best thing we can do to prepare ourselves for the mm-hmm. future. And also, you know, enjoying your life and really living it to the full is the very best way for you to be in the right place at the right time to meet someone great. Mm -hmm. And
1: that's the reason that you're going to catch their eye. So it all just goes together. And I think too, you had said something that I thought about, like, I think about that. I remember thinking about that when I started the course, because I was doubling down on the prayer around this. Like I was doubling down on prayer around this. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm really going to invest in praying for my husband or praying for, you know, in the future, Mr. Genevieve (laughs) Piano. Um, and, and I think that part of me was trying to figure out how do I balance that and not get stuck in the future, but also still be present. And so I think that is a hard thing to do, but it is possible if you're keeping your eye current and then, but like kind of what I said before, work on the stuff from the past, heal from the stuff from the past, be in the present and pray for the future. That's kind of a methodology. I love it. I love <laughs> it
0: so much. And Jenna, you, I, we might take this out because I haven't talked about this, um, yet. And I okay. don't know. I don't, I don't know when this will come out in the, in relation to it, but Jenna, you and I have been talking about how I've been hard at work on a prayer journal for Mm -hmm. this exact season, for those exact things to help us work through the past, Mm -hmm. really savor our present and also like pray into our future. And I'm Mm -hmm. so excited about it because I just know that prayer was a really big deal. Obviously, I mean, saying prayer was a big deal for me is like just absolutely
1: an understatement,
0: but it really was. And I know it was for you too. Yeah.
1: And I really didn't know how to pray. I think for a really long time of my life, I didn't know what that looked like and how to, not how to do it right. Cause there's no one right way to pray, but just even how to like engage. <laughs> like I didn't even know how to like, what do I say? What do I, how do I pray for this? And I just started to act like God was my friend <laughs> Love that. and be like, God, what do you think about this thing? And then whatever I felt like washed over me, I'd write it down maybe it stuck with me and I, you know, I believe that to be true, or maybe I moved on to the next thing, whatever that looked like. I started just like entering those good things into me and like, really like listening, like, God, what do you think of me? Do you think I'm worthy of XYZ things? Or like, do you want marriage for me? What do you want that to look like? Mm -hmm. What do you have for me in that? And just really asking those questions that are kind of awkward (laughs) and kind of hard, but still asking. I mean, I, and I love my journal for that because I can look back now. I actually have um, a journal entry, which I won't go into because you might listen to this later, of our first date and just the things that I was praying about before we even met. And looking back on that now is a huge gift because I've seen some of those things to come to fruition Mm -hmm. and how beautiful that is because I have that documentation of it. I love that so much. It's,
0: I have a journal entry of, you know, A couple weeks before I met Carl, and the day that he asked me out, and just all Mm -hmm. along—I mean, I've been a huge journaler since probably sixth grade, and it's been such a great outlet to help me process my feelings because holy moly, there are so many feelings along the way, and also like to record what's happening because you know, you and I were talking about this, and I think I had this revelation as you and I were talking. But our journals are our first draft of our love story, our first draft of our story, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and. That's my favorite thing that you oh, said. man, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I need to, we're still trying to, well, at the, at the point that we're saying this, we're still trying to figure out what the journal's called. So so maybe that's it. Maybe you guys will get to hear the back yeah. end of it. But <laughs> it just, it really is so cool. You know, I get to see everything from how I felt. I mean, just the whole story. We just get to document the whole story and um, we get to see, we get to really remember how it felt. And so we can really be grateful for how it feels. And we can also mm-hmm. really see God's faithfulness along the way, which I think and I know, I mean, when we get to see God's faithfulness looking back in our lives, it helps us really trust it today. Because there will always be something mm-hmm. that we're waiting on, or always something we're going through, mm-hmm. and yeah, to get to see how God has showed up in the past, shown up in the past, it's I think it just helps us trust Him more in the future.
1: Yeah, I think that looking back, that has been the biggest thing where I've I've looked at it back at other areas of my life when I've like, because I mean, I was when I was at the in the fall, I was not having a good time with the Lord. We were having a lot of choice words. you know? <laughs> I, I just it. remember being like, you, why are you not making movements in this area? What is going on? What, you know?" But then I would be reminded, it would wash over me of other, other times where he has been faithful or even other times in relationships that I got out of. That was only by the grace of God that I got out of, right. I was kind of forced out of them. And that was, I was looking back, it was painful in the moment, but it was so grateful for it post. And so I think that just in general, it's our love stories are never really about ourselves. It's really about God's faithfulness, working in two people's lives, meshing together and moving forward. Like that is really what I think. And that has been what I have always asked for. Lord, Lord, I want you to write a beautiful love story. That's really what I want. And so the only way that you can do that is if you take two people, you bring them together and you move them forward. And I want to be a part of whatever story that is that you create, even though I might not be happy about it, even though I might not like the timing. I'm going to have to trust you because I think it's going to be sweeter than I probably could imagine in my brain. Yes.
0: That's why, you know, I come back to this all the time in every season of my life, but that's why I love the verse Habakkuk one five so much because like Mm -hmm. it talks about, so it says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I'm going to do things Mm -hmm. in your days. You wouldn't believe even if you were told. And uh, we talked about this a lot. The verses. Slightly out of context, but also it's still true of yeah. God's character. <laughs> just just slightly slightly. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's slightly out of context, but it's still true of God's character. And it's been so huge in my life to just remember God is at work and he's doing things mm-hmm. that are maybe a little bit bigger and certainly better than we can wrap our minds around from where we're standing today. And the mm-hmm. midst of it, the middle of the love story is always... A misunderstanding is always loss, is always frustration, is always like, we don't know how the story ends when we're in the middle of it. Nobody does, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's continuing to be faithful and show up and do our very best and live the story the way we want to know we lived the story when we're on to the next chapter. Mm -hmm. We don't want to live with regrets. Like, why didn't I, I wasted it. You know, why, why did I waste it?
1: My uh, mentor back in New York, I remember I was, this was many years ago when I was also very single (laughs) and I remember just crying to her. She got married and when she was about 50, I think. And so I remember just like crying to her and be like, I don't know where he is. And like, I'm not planning any trips because I just want to go with a significant other. And like, I just want to get like, why? Like, I can't even get new dishes. Like, I can't even get new dishes because like, I'm waiting to get married. And she turns to me and she goes, Jenna, buy the dishes, buy the things that you would be doing if you were married, just do it, just do it. And so that year um, I was like, all right, I'm planted here in New York. I'm going to buy myself a couch. I need a new couch. I'm just going to buy the couch. Like, yep. I'm just going to do yep. it. Um, it was a poor financial pur- purchase, but that's a different question, a <laughs> different conversation for a different person. But I did the thing, yeah. right? It's like, I. that's my, I stick with that all the time. It's just like, buy the dishes. Do the thing that you were going to do if you would have met somebody, just do it anyways. And like, I have so many beautiful memories from when I did yeah. that. Um, and I'm so grateful that I can look back on that and hopefully tell, hopefully children in the future, like, Hey, do the thing, do the thing that you feel like you need to be doing right in this moment, because it's, it could change. You could change. I didn't know he was coming along. I had no yep. idea. I, I thought that my in life was ending. <laughs> I mean, and, and you've spent years <laughs> sitting
0: on a crappy couch when really you could just have a yes. great couch. And like, I, I was mm-hmm. talking to someone today and if I wouldn't have taken the trip, like the trip that was, you know, my big choice. I almost didn't go because I was afraid of leaving my hometown where I was certain I was going to meet my husband in my mid twenties, which were my prime husband finding years. I was positive that if I left, I wouldn't meet him. And it was because I left that I did meet him. Mm -hmm. And so by the dishes, I love that.
1: Yes. buy the dishes.
0: (laughs) Jenna, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your heart and your story with us. I'm so honored to to get to be your friend in the midst of this. And I'm so excited about where God is taking you. And I love where he's taken you so far. And I just think you're amazing.
1: Thank you so much. And I think, I mean, honestly, your course was a huge part of that healing process for me. And I just want to encourage anyone that's listening, if you've thought about maybe purchasing it or not, again, you should. <laughs> <laughs> so helpful, but also just encouragement that like trust in God's timing and work on your stuff from the past, enjoy where you currently are, do all the fun things that are in where your city is with your friends, with your family, and then just pray for the future and trust that you enter into that with open hands and you never know what God's going to do when you. Had those open hands versus the closed fists. And so if I think if, if I could say anything to a single person out there, that would be the thing. I love that. Thank you, friend.
0: Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at girls night before you go. I would love it. If you would do two quick things, the first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' night. So would you do me a huge favor and take one quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would help me out so much. And I have to say the biggest thank you to all of you who've already left those beautiful five-star reviews. They mean the world to me. All right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night. See you then.